welcome to Slacker Moto Radio with Brad and Addison. Based out of the Pacific Northwest, we're talking motorcycles and the motorcycle community, and we're excited to have this hour with you. Here we go. Welcome back, Slackers. Brad, how are you doing? I'm doing pretty good. A uh, little rainy in the Northwest, Pacific Northwest, but, uh, you know, it's uh, it's been good. Got to spend some time uh, working on things, not motorcycles, I'm sorry, but, uh, you know, vehicles and such, I can't complain whatsoever. Lots of fun. What about yourself? How are you doing? I don't know that we uh, expected you to be working on anything that was motorcycle-related at this point. I think we've all given up hope. I know. Well, it wasn't the Xterra this time, so that's a bonus. I guess, yeah, that's fair. I'm cool with the motorcycle hauler you've got now. Yeah, the J10 Jeep's coming along. Sounds like you got a lot of work done. Yeah, I did a Petronics upgrade on it, so it already had the Prestolite uh, ignition system removed years ago and was just a, a points and condenser breaker system, and so I just did an electronic points, put it in there, set it up, it's running great, new spark plugs, some cables, some electrical. Yeah, it's, it's doing good. Good to get that going. Maybe use it for the Christmas tree this year. We'll see. You're going to put the truck in your house as your Christmas tree? Yeah. I think I think my wife will go for that. What do you think? It's an odd choice. I, I'm down with it, but I, I don't get to make that final decision. Well, I thought you were coming over to help me put it in, so that way we can share the blame. It's easier for me to say Addison said so. No, I'm, I'm happy to do that. That's That's what most of my friends do. Has used me as their excuse to to get into trouble. So I think that's what that's the best thing that friends are good for. That's right. You, you have to uh, you know prime the pump for whatever discussion you want to have when you have them over, and they can start the uh, the hardball questions so that you don't get in trouble for it. Yeah. Well, you were there. You could have said something, but you didn't. So we planned it. Yep. That's right. Yeah. No, that's good. What about you? What have you been up to? Oh, not too much. To your point, it's gotten cold. Uh, I'm more concerned about the cold than the rain. Went for a uh, a long ride with uh, with the chicken hawk a couple weeks ago, and that was a, a good ride. But yeah, you know when it's right there floating around freezing, one, you know you got to be a lot more careful on the road when you see wet spots, and and two, it's just so cold. Now I you know good gear and and all of that, you can kind of get over it and work it, but. For commuting, there's really no reason to stop for, you know, shorter trips like that. But, uh, you know, a, a multi-hour kind of day ride. Yeah, it gets cold by the end of it. So uh, it was fun. But the chicken hawk was probably fine. I mean, he has a full front fairing. I mean, windscreen, everything. He was probably fine. That was, uh, you know, that, that was usually the comment every time we'd stop was he'd complain about being uh, only a little cold. And I'd uh, have to tell him. You know, I don't care. I don't. <laughs> it was, uh, but it was good. It was a good ride. Uh, went out to the coast. That was kind of fun. Uh, what else? Kind of did a ride through this area out, uh, kind of out in Washougal, and then uh, saw the falls, saw the motocross park. Kind of done a couple of rides since we've last spoken. But I think the highlights of of everything is. I want to know what everyone thought of the the interview with Rob. I want to know what everybody thought of the last few 
race, uh, I guess, track day conversations. So let us know what you thought. Send us, uh, you know, send us some comments on Facebook, especially. We're checking that a lot more often. So check out, you know, Slacker Moto on Facebook. I thought that you had somebody lined up that we were going to have a live caller. I'm really disappointed now. I wish that was the case. Yeah, with this, uh, with our new, that's not new anymore, right? This has become the normal, our, our technology-based online recording. It's uh, a little less easy to quickly set things like that up. I prefer to say it's abnormal. Just I know. personal preference. This is not normal. Yeah, it's this become pretty normal. No, no, no. This is still abnormal. Me wearing a mask everywhere I go is abnormal. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Unless you're riding a motorcycle, then you've got a mask on all day. Yeah, you're good to go. Just never take it off. Well, most people don't anyway. I know how much stores and gas stations love it when you walk in with your helmet on and try to have a conversation. Oh, yeah. Um, but anyway, I don't know. You know, I, Now that everybody's caught up with the, the race days, I can admit that uh, after doing, I guess the track days, sorry, I can admit that I'm, I'm obsessed with, uh, with tracks and racing. I uh, have filled all the last uh, weekends with watching Moto America recaps and, and recorded races that I didn't catch live because I was busy doing other stuff during, uh, during the summer. Um, you know, started watching, I don't know, Brad, if you caught the bagger race, that was a pretty cool, uh, pretty cool event at Laguna Seca. Saw some articles on it, but no, I didn't see it. Yeah. It was an interesting, uh, little get together of basically Indian and, and Harley, right? That's, that's what it really boiled down to was, was who would win between Indian and Harley. And so, what was the outcome? Uh, well, the winner was the Indian Challenger. Okay. You can't beat the new challenge. But uh, pretty funny. Yeah, the, I don't know if funny is the right word, but it was definitely a, a different type of racing, right? A very different game that they were playing. And none of them were stock in any way, right? A lot of weight shaving and performance upgrades and you know those those bikes especially those that were leading the pack were were heavily modded uh to be able to go down a racetrack like that but uh but all in all that was a pretty cool race to watch and and fun thing to kind of see that that hopefully we see more of it was it was super interesting to see a very different style of bike running down the track and and especially to kind of see that you know it's kind of i don't know if it's an age-old rivalry i know it was historically and then kind of went away when india wasn't making bikes but it's back just as strong as ever watching these two uh, manufacturers go at it. So having a, a race that's basically tailored to them was a, was kind of fun to follow and, and watch the race itself and hear kind of the recaps and the, the, uh, the trash talk that continues afterwards. For sure. For sure. But I, I recommend if you haven't seen it, catch some YouTube videos, go check it out. Uh, that, it's kind of, it's pretty cool to watch these big old baggers hauling down the Guna Seca Raceway. So that, that was fun. How many laps did they have to do? Oh, that's a that's a fantastic question, there, buddy. Yeah, that seems appropriate. I mean, yeah, I should know that, but don't off the top of my head. That's okay. I'm going to say uh, thirty. Mm, that seems high. Okay, I just wanted to come up with a number. I felt like we had to say something on air. Would you rather me say fifteen? How about two? That's probably more likely. No, it would be more than two. Less than thirty would be my guess. We'll go there. That really helps. I know it, it boils it right on down, but uh, yeah. Aside from that, I also been watching the crowd. I mean, that was part of Moto America there at Laguna Seca was the the bagger races. Sure. But uh, really been following a lot of the the Moto America, uh, watching 
Bouvier take uh, take the win. I mean, he's been been killing it this year, basically just annihilating every race except the one he crashed in. Uh, and then, well, he annihilated that race too. Well, yeah, sounds like. But it, it's pretty impressive how dominant he was. I mean, if we look at the the points totals of Moto America at the end of the season, you know, Cameron Bouvier had four thirty six. And uh, Jake Gagne, the guy in second, had 301. So it was just a, a dominating season for Cameron on his uh, his R1. So also interesting, despite all the uh, you know the the Suzuki Jixer talk or the new BMW S1000RR or all these bikes that uh, that people are 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 quite proud of how dominant that R1 was. Yeah, I'm sure he's got a lot of engineering uh, support. Great, great uh, pit crew. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's all in where you put your money and your time, and how you know what kind of support you have around you. I'm not saying that he's not a good rider. I'm just saying that uh, in some instances uh, that can be a game changer. Oh, absolutely. Especially in, you know in the super sport um, standings or the super sport race in general, right? Mods. There's a, there's a fair amount of mods. There there are limitations, but you can set up your bike however you want. And quite frankly, there's a handful of guys riding. You know, stock stock Jixers and stock BMWs out there uh, with with these bikes. So you know, there's there's those that are definitely showing more rider skill than the mechanical skill out there as well. So yeah, I, I agree with you that it has a lot to do with the team he's got. But it was just interesting to watch uh, watch him dominate. I mean, and it wasn't like they were close races. I mean, he was five six seconds ahead of anyone else by the end of the race and would pull away on lap one every single time. So he is definitely a good racer, consistently breaking track records and holding a very tight uh, range of of times each lap that, that was very close to that track record lap throughout the entire race. So, yeah, he's he's good, but he also had a good team behind him of a of a fast bike. Um, but that's been fun to watch. So, yeah, I also recommend, you know, if if you didn't get into it this year. Uh, it was kind of weird. I know we were supposed to go and watch the races and, at the Ridge here in, in Washington. Um, but of course all of that became spectator free due to COVID. Uh, they're already starting to sell tickets for next year. So, um, basically every track except the Ridge, but <laughs> we'll get into, we probably won't get into that, but all the regulations in Washington and Oregon, uh, causing, causing that to still be a, a thing that's up in the air, whether next year by June, we'll be able to have spectators is, is a bit crazy for an outdoor event, but. We'll see at what happens. At least you're not in, on on pause right now in Washington, at least in your area. We're on pause. Yeah, give it. Uh, we, we tend to follow suit over here with what Oregon does, and vice versa. I know when when we do something extreme, Oregon follows. So we piggyback over each other. I'm sure it's short uh, a short time frame before we get that leapfrogging. Yeah, well, just you know, following each other's lead. So. I'm sure we'll hear something along those lines. Uh, but yeah, I won't get too political on that. The uh, We already lost listeners. It's too bad. <laughs> yeah, but you know, at least motor the sport of riding is still a, a, a COVID safe event. So riding around and, and enjoying yourself on your bike and touring is, is a good social distancing uh, activity in both states still. So we're good. 
Yeah, and there's still going to be a few more opportunities. I mean, it's starting to get a little bit slimmer for those nice warm days. Obviously, we're not going to have hot days or anything like that, but there's going to be some opportunities to get out and do some riding still. And I imagine uh, you're going to be keeping us updated on that. And with Chicken Hawk having his new uh, new bike, the Chicken Wing, I mean, he's uh, he's probably wanted to get out, chomping at the bit as much as he can to go and ride it. So. Uh, yeah, it's not quite over yet. And for some, they'll continue riding throughout this entire season, uh, even when it starts getting pretty nasty. Out. It's pretty amazing. Yeah, uh, I mean, I think there's a lot of people that will continue to ride, especially when it comes to dirt bikes or bikes with studded tires for uh, for snow riding. And there's a lot of sports or motorsport that you can still do at this time of year. Uh, and I think a lot of the riders, a lot of our listeners as well, uh, you know, are year-round riders, especially, you know, those living in more southern states. There's really no reason not to be. Um, but, but even in the Northern States, I think there's a lot of, a lot of guys that, and girls that, that keep riding despite weather conditions being less than ideal. I mean, myself included, I think, you know, if I were commuting more, I'd have the bike out a lot more, but go out for a long Saturday ride when it's, you know, 30 degrees is a little less fun. I don't know why you're not commuting anyway. It's an opportunity for you to get on your bike. You go out on the SR 500. Come back to the house, you've commuted. Start your day. Then at the end of the day, when you're done working, you go out on the bike, you go on the SR500, loop around, come back, and you're done. I mean, you should be doing that every day. I don't understand. That's fair. I'm definitely missing out on an opportunity. I'm just saying that you could be doing that. I could. That would start your day. Just imagine how good your day would go if you started it off with a ride, and then you ended it with the ride. Now I got to end. Meeting's over. I got to go. I got to commute. You guys have a great day. See you tomorrow. The ending with a ride may be uh, much more prevalent if this continues much further. <laughs> As the weather begins to turn for the better again here in a couple months. Um, if we, uh, yeah, if we're still in these same conditions, that that will definitely become more of a thing. But uh, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll play that card when the time comes. For now, I'm still wishful thinking or, or very positive that we'll be able to, to begin coming back to the norm. We've had some, you know, here in the U.S. at least, for those that aren't here, we've obviously the world's aware, but had the some political changes and things occurring. So hopefully that helps settle some of the... Uh, Is that settled? Is well, that that's not settled, but I'm saying as we settle that, it should, I, <laughs> I believe at least, that it will settle some of the heat behind COVID as well. Because I think a little bit of that, it's un- unquestionably some of the heat behind COVID is, is politically driven, which is the unfortunate part of it. Yeah. Once we can get rid of that part of it and just worry about the health effects and, and right get down to the reality of it, I think we can uh, begin moving past it a little better. So we'll see what happens with that. But I'm hopeful at least it doesn't go too far into 2021. <laughs> we can no, 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 I begin we hanging out with each other again. So we're political again, but but uh, well, that's what happens. Now to bring those listeners back. Oh, okay. I would like to say I've got a lot of reviews, not a lot of reviews, but a lot of comments, uh, phone calls, text messages from from some of our listeners that we know better, uh, such that we're getting personal calls and messages from uh, regarding our our conversation with Rob, uh, kind of that two parter uh, with MotoFit Group. And these track day conversations, and I appreciate all of the well wishes, all of the support 
uh, and love we've gotten from that. We, we got a lot of thank yous, a lot of, you know, those were awesome. We loved it. Uh, so, you know, we've, I've had a conversation with Rob and he would love to be more of a reoccurring guest whenever he's got that time available. Uh, obviously he's pretty busy running a couple of businesses and everything he's got going on, getting track days set up for next year. He's already working on that schedule. So, you know, there's a lot going on in his life to, uh, to make sure we can have fun next year, but, uh, we'll, we'll hopefully work with him a lot more, uh, as well as I want to kind of get, uh, a group ride going with him that if anybody, uh, you know, from Slack Promoto Radio here, any of our listeners uh, want to kind of sign up for a track day, especially if you haven't done one through him, uh, you're welcome to the Safer Sooner program uh, where you can get two for one day, uh, especially if you mention Slack Promoto, that'll be pretty easy. I, I know he'd love to find out how many people are listening there, but if you're in the Northwest and have ever thought of a track day, obviously over the last four weeks, we've we've proven this to be the truth, but uh well worth it, especially through that group where you can go a whole weekend for the price of one day. So, you know, I, I'd like to see how many listeners we can get there and kind of set up a, a group on whether it's in the green group all riding together, but, you know, a, a group spot of for camping and, and staying at the track where we can all hang out and, and chat and do uh, do some recordings there. And that's going to be uh, a much more prevalent thing come next summer. Yeah, no, and just so people uh, maybe have a reminder, how how can they find um, Safe and Sound? Uh, so the yeah, the MotoFit group does obviously Facebook uh, through the MotoFit group. They've got a kind of a green and black logo. I know there's a few right copycat businesses throughout. I don't know who copies who, nor do I care. But um, <laughs> make sure you kind of get the MotoFit group with uh, with Rob Birch and uh, kind of their green and black logo. Of course, you can also find them at MotoFitGroup.com. Um, and he's, uh, yeah, you'll see his, his van and, and his bikes and, and pictures of racers. And it, he basically goes to the Ridge once and then Oregon Raceway Park the rest of the year. So mm-hmm. he is kind of the Oregon Raceway Park track day. And I mean, even beyond track day, the, the guy that knows it better than anybody else, probably he's been riding it. He was the first one on the track when they first uh, paved it and made it a, a road, a road track. Yeah, and uh, you know he's been riding it with groups and on his own really ever since for the last uh, number of years. I think he said about twenty years. So he knows that track like the back of his hand, um, and that's really one of the cool things is he gets if you're willing to listen and, and pay attention, you get that line down, and it just makes you feel like such a fast rider. And really, half of it is you just figured out the line because a guy that already knew it showed you. But it's nice, you know, <laughs> makes you feel so much better than you are. Yeah, and who doesn't want that? Yeah. No, that's good. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. That is exciting on the horizon for us. I know we've had some other things that we planned on wanting to do, but uh, uh, things as they are have kind of caused some issues there as far as being able to get out. Uh, but that, that stuff will come back. You guys will hear more about that as we move forward and things start to normalize again. Yeah, unfortunately, some of these new regulations in our area kind of put us back at square one on some of these plans. So. We'll let it come back when we can, but we're not going to do anything stupid or get ourselves in trouble <laughs> or get another, you know, another company in trouble due to us. So we're going to leave all that uh, where it lies until we can safely and both legally and, and health wise take care of business. Um, but yeah, for, just appreciate all the, uh, all the comments we've gotten thus far on those first, uh, first couple, I guess, last four weeks worth of, uh, 
episodes. And I, I encourage anybody listening. This is kind of just Brad and I getting back in the, the swing of our conversation this week. Um, but yeah, I encourage you to go back and listen. There's uh, some awesome comments from Rob on, on how to be a better writer in general and good uh, comments, you know, on, on what we expected from track day, what I found from the track day. And then those, those comments with Rob. So a couple, four weeks worth of good, uh, good, basically just track day and what it is conversations that I recommend hitting up. If you've ever, ever wondered what it, what it would be like or whether you should do a track day, listen to those and, and you can make a pretty good decision for yourself. Yeah. yeah. And so the big question for me is, uh, when are we going out to pick up your new track bike? Dude, yeah, I wish. Um, what? What? I thought you had one. I thought you were getting one. Well, I consistently keep an eye out anyway for bikes, as we all know, um, as any of us with the insane addiction do. Um, but the... Uh, the options are, are definitely out there from time to time. For now, it is a debate in my head whether I'm going to get something more touring-oriented and then just have the Stripple be the track bike slash Weekend Warrior fun bike, mm-hmm. or whether uh, whether I keep the Stripple and get just a track-dedicated you know, Jixxer 1000. That's probably the, the be- most affordable good track bike option is really a Jixxer 1000. So um, we'll see what comes up. We'll see what's available and, and how the economy moves through this, uh, through these times here and, and what we can do. But it would be awesome to have a more dedicated track bike, watching those guys go and, and kind of honing the skills on a leader bike would definitely make a, a big difference on both ability to grow and, and develop skills as well as, you know, understand a new facet of that, of the track. Yeah. I know that we have at least one guy that we work with that kind of took it to the next level. I think he bought two bikes, one maybe as a winter project and then another as a track bike. Is that, is that correct? I think you've heard a little bit more about this. I think that's what I heard. Uh, two, if not three, right. Isn't there a third one somewhere in the float here? I, I the one he, he started with, doesn't he still have that too? Yeah, no, I think you know, no, he does. That's my understanding. yeah. So he's got he's got three basic, basically three track ready bikes. Um, but I know the the one he wants to build into the track bike is a Jixer one thousand. Um, but yeah, he he went out with us on that on those track days and and got bit by the bug really hard. So kind of that point. If you've ever thought about riding, check out the last few episodes and and hear those opinions, and and you'll you'll likely want to join us next year for. Uh, for one of the track days we end up at. Oh, absolutely. So it's, uh, yeah, it's pretty fun. I think, uh, after that, it was, took me a little bit to get everything dialed back into the street just because of everything going on around the house. But yeah, the bike's back up and now I've been back on the street. You, you put everything back together after you got your stripple ready for the track. I figured you would just left it that way. No, we're street ready. And, and next time we'll, uh, I mean, we already talked about this, what a couple three episodes ago about getting better tires next time I do the track, but burned off all the, uh, you know, the little rubber shavings you end up with those little melted globs on the end. Those are more or less already gone from the amount of street riding I've done. Mm -hmm. Already put a few hundred miles on it since the, since the track day. So nah, it's a street bike again for now and and we'll see what happens, but there'll be a, you know, another, there's always the, the slacker moto trip every year. There's always something going on that keeps me on the street. So so now that we're kind of coming out of this normal season, are you starting to look at the Gladiator again? And how's that coming? 
So I have been. Uh, I've got a little bit of work done for engine paint prep. Uh, I've removed the old clear off of the engine cases and begun reassembling, basically putting the engine back together, reassembling the rear case. Everything else is good and, and solid and replaced. So that's coming back together. Um, from there, yeah, really, uh, I've got everything lined up for what I want on the rear subframe and the subframe um, support mounts. I've bent that the, the tube there. So I got to just start, uh, you know, grinding, cutting, and welding, uh, getting that built up so that I can get a seat pan made. I've got uh, everything everything going for that. Kind of got some sheet metal fabrication tools that I've both built and procured here for the shop. So working on kind of my ability to do custom sheet work, sheet metal work here at home, um, here at the shop without having to do, you know, go go outsource anything, or whether it be tools or or materials so hoping to keep uh keep more work on that as well as ended up getting rid of uh, i had a cb 550 that i picked up i ended up uh basically selling that for what i got it for realized i've got enough projects so let that one go but we've got one still that seems to have a pretty good turning engine i've got to do a little bit more analysis on it to see how valuable the engine is on it um, but I've got a CB750 that uh, that'll also be on the docket for winter projects. So I've got the the GLs, the Gladiators, got to get finished, and then a 750 kind of in line already. Oh, that's good. Well, and then the other numerous ITs, JTs, and such. But yeah, there's always those floating. But yeah, those are more long term resto to the kind of storage trophies. I don't know what more we'll do beyond uh, getting those set up and, and ready. The engine on the JTs get finished. I finished that up a few weeks back. So, Oh, nice. Good. Good. We're done. Engines rebuilt, uh, new, new cases on the engine. So really it's just a matter of need to powder coat the frame and put it all back together. That one's about ready to go. So that's been just a, a floating side project in the back corner for when I just have a couple minutes and need to just do a little work. Little bikes make for little work. It's nice. <laughs> But yeah, a little bit here and there, chipping away. No, oh, good, good. Looking forward to seeing that. It's uh, it's been in process uh, for good reason for a while now. It's, it's a good, it's a good tear down and uh, resto mod of sorts. So it'll it'll be it'll be awesome seeing that going. All the uh, you know, the goal for that was a number of activities and and meets and, and uh, swap meets and whatnot this year that never happened. So I kind of lost track of that goal because it wasn't necessarily time-based. It was event-based and all those events got canceled. So I lost uh, motivation, but we'll see. We'll get back into it and get that thing done for this summer. Now, I thought that at one point that there was an opportunity uh, on the horizon for you to start doing some builds for some different corporations is like advertisements and props in essence where did that ever end up so there's still a, a commission on the horizon I, i'd call it still on the horizon but the horizon moved a bit um they've been growing pretty steadily so they're busy with the uh, with keeping up with their own growth and moving to a new facility to allow for that growth so kind of their their focus has gone elsewhere um but actually had a conversation fairly recently with uh, with this group so We'll uh, we'll have more to come once things kind of finalize, but I don't want right. I'm not pushing anybody into anything they aren't ready for, uh, nor do I need to jump in. That was kind of that CB 550 
was originally planned for that. And I kind of, I think I convinced them to go a different direction anyway, mm-hmm. based on what their use case wanted to be. Sure. Uh, they were looking for more of an off-road bike and, and an old 550, although will look like an awesome scrambler, will not perform like an awesome scrambler without a lot of modification. Sure. And all of that modification is high-end suspension, which I don't think was really within their what they wanted to be paying for when sure. you can buy a bike that has that. So likely it'll be more of a, a dual sport custom um, kind of match to, to fit their brand. But more on that when it comes. I, you know, I don't want to count my eggs before they've hatched. No, I was just curious where that uh, where that stood right now. Oh. So, yep, still up in the air. Of course, you, Not you, gone. you need another project, I know. <laughs> exactly. Idea, but uh, they happen anyway. And it's different when you've got somebody else paying the bill. It definitely helps motivate. Yeah, that, that would become the priority. That would, you know, everything else get pushed into the corner of the shop. Customer comes first. Well, and you have money coming in. You have something that, that you're not paying out of your own pocket. There's an incentive to finish it, to finish getting paid and other things. Yep. So it's easier I mean, even see. along those lines, I've had a few different things show up uh, for maintenance work in the in the shop lately that, you know, that, that gets done within the weekend and, and out the door because anything I'm working on is less important than a paying customer. Oh, oh you started doing a little side business, huh? Yeah, but telling me about this, holding that on me, huh? That's right. Yeah, that's always been the case, right? That's how originally this whole thing started, was just working on customs and, and maintenance work. But uh, then you and I talked about it so much, we had to start a podcast. Yeah, I guess that's fair. Once you move over here to the uh, the safe side of the river, then uh, we can joint venture that a lot more. I don't know if safe's the, the right word here. Hey. But... We can have as many people in our house as we want. Can you? For now. <laughs> oh man, we are we are chasing people away like like it's our job. Uh, or oh, we're bringing people in. I guess it depends where you stand on the issues. <laughs> they're wanting us to really take a stand on one side or the other, and we're being super vague. But uh, but still, unfortunately, that's become hot topic again. But uh, you know, it's. I see both sides. I guess that's the problem I have with being, I know usually I want to, you know, everyone wants to take a hard stance on one side or the other, but I get it. I get certain parts of it. I think just some of the uh, implementation has not been ideal. (sighs) So it is what it is, but otherwise, you know, there'll be definitely some new year's riding. Um, You know, there'll be, like you said, there'll be times to get out and ride and get some more, more things going on as, as the uh, winter goes along, but I think, yeah, for this, this is kind of our winter season where we talk about news and we talk about uh, projects we're working on and, and uh, you know, all of that. So the whole cadence starts to, to become more shop work. Mm-hmm. Nonetheless, did you hear about the new Triumph? Ooh, I have not. Fill me in. The new Trident. Triumph Trident. Okay, that sounds appropriate. But uh, basically, it's their new triple. It's supposed to be their low-cost, um, basically FCO7, FCO9, like the, the small, naked, triple competitor. Low, a low-cost, everybody bike. So they're, uh, they're making this new, new bike. It's pretty minimalistic. Uh, it's definitely worth a look. So if you're, if you're near a computer or if you are later, check it out. Sorry, I'm totally wrong. It's a 660. 
Um, so they're basically fake news. I know. Well, I, I clarified before the end of it. Oh, okay. They're making this new little triple. It's very minimal design. Um, kind of a, a cafe, not really a cafe. That's not the right, but there's nothing behind the rear seat, right? They've designed the whole fairing to, to look really clean and tidy, uh, low exhaust. It's got a couple of really cool paint schemes, but Triumph generally does each of their models. They've got one or two really nice paint schemes. We're talking about the 3D printed one that I'm seeing everywhere, right? The white one. Uh, so they've actually got it out now. If you go to, you, you can even go to Triumph's website and look up the Trident. Uh, and they've got the full pictures and the, the full thing. They originally just kind of the full white. The T-150? No. The Trident 660, my buddy. I'm, hey, 1969 Triumph Trident. I mean, no. I don't. Now you're talking. just causing problems. I like doing that. So so they pull the name out of their hat from, from their past. I from think classics, cool. yep. They continue to do that. I see. It appears that, yeah, it was a smaller displacement Triumph from uh, from decades ago. So that's pretty cool. Love seeing that. Uh, looks like it, I do like the styling. It does have a good um, appearance to it from what I can see so far looking through things. Be interested to get out and ride it. Exactly. I'd like to I'd like to get a feel on it, but the point of it feels very, um, you know, I guess kind of to the street triple that I've got, you know, when that when that was being produced in the early 2000, you know, 2010 through basically 2017, it was kind of their low cost entry level street bike. And now the new ones with regards to the the uh, street triples are 765s. They've got the, the race bread engine from uh, Moto2 racing that's kind of detuned. So it's it's much more of a high end um, naked by naked, you know, street bike that uh that does a lot more now than, than the original street triple was really intended to do. And so this brings it down a couple of CCs. We're down to 660. Uh, it's got what? 80 horsepower and 400 or sorry, 47 pound. 400 <laughs> pounds of torque. Um, so it's, you know, it's, it's definitely a little bit lighter, easier to ride, but being a triple, I imagine it's just super smooth set up. Well, similar to, uh, all the, the lower cost entry level street bikes that you've got, right? Kind of the FZ07, the the SV650, it's supposed to compete in that market. And quite frankly, based on what I've ever had in a Triumph, I got to imagine it's going to be a little smoother, a little cleaner, uh, easier to ride. It is more expensive. Uh, eight grand. I don't know. Maybe I'm. Uh, I mean, I think the FZ07 is 7,500. Yeah. Yeah. So it's it's in the ballpark. Yeah, and the, I, I mean, the only thing they really say about service is 10,000 miles. Uh, I guess that's been my biggest concern is the kind of maintenance that you typically have to do with a Triumph. And, of course, I think back to your experience with Triumph uh, on your old 900 Scrambler. or It was a 900, if I remember correctly. Yep. And, and how that really didn't go so great. So I... I I guess, I, and I'm not trying to say that it's bad. I'm just, that's my hesitation is I can get for the same price or slightly less something that you just, it's, maintenance is very simple on, straightforward. I mean, what do you, how do you anticipate this one doing in the market as far as maintenance concerned? I mean, yeah, I, we're talking, right, twins for the SV, for the FZ, um, you know, even for the Z, the, I'm trying to think. Yeah, the Z700, I think, is a, is a twin as well for the Cowie. Um, you know, so there's obviously one more cylinder to worry about if you're doing valve 
checks um, or shimming the valves. They're all overhead cam. So the amount of work really to do that is to get there is roughly the same, right? You still got to set your top dead center and then remove the cam to check those valves. I guess not to check, but to, uh, to, to shim the valves. So you're looking at roughly the same amount of work to set it up to do the work. Uh, the difference is definitely that, that my, in my experience, at least triumph factory technicians are a lot more expensive to have do the work. Um, so, you know, and, and you're going to want to use probably the dead on correct oil specification. Just in my, in my experience, I find the, the tolerances on the triumph triple are very tight. Uh, same with the twins that they kind of, they set them up to be built and maintained with what the factory expected. Uh, not quite as open ended with regards to what you can throw in them and use. So, you know, I think that's, that's a valid point that maintenance will likely be a bit more expensive. But at a 10,000 mile service, especially if all you're doing is commuting, I mean, this is definitely a city bike, right? 40 or 47 pound feet, 80 horsepower. You're not talking about a super sport bike in any way. Um, it's got all the, you know, the fancy items that you'd really want in a brand new bike, you know, ride by wire with switchable traction control, ride modes. Um, it's got, yeah, it's got the TFT display, ABS. I mean, it's, it's really got set up with everything modern you'd expect. LED lighting all around. So, it, you know, it has the sophistication that you'd expect out of a Triumph, quite frankly. So if you're looking for it, you know, I think depending on what you're looking to do, if you're looking to go cross country and just ring it out constantly, quite frankly, you probably are better with, you know, with one of the, the Japanese manufacturers. But if you're looking to, to commute and have an awesome time doing it and have, you know, a showier bike, because I think this looks way better than this, you know, especially those, the 700s that both the Z700, the FZ07, uh, and the SV650, I think this bike looks way better. Riding position is a little bit different here, too. It looks like it's a little bit shorter as well. Uh, Appearance-wise, I'm not looking – I was trying to look at the specs a little bit, but I don't have enough time to just, on the whim, uh, do a comparison there. But just rider position looks a little bit uh, odd. Not that it's bad. It's just, uh, it's just different, perhaps. So it would be interesting to do a side-by-side, that's for sure. Yeah, I know we've got a couple dealers in town. Hopefully, we'll get a chance to uh, to try this out as it becomes, you know, not sold out in pre-orders because Triumph has a history of their first year releasing a limited number and and selling the crap out of them on pre-orders. So we'll see what happens. But uh, you know, come early next year, I think they're supposed to start shipping here end of the year. So they're uh, they're all but ready to go, and and these will start showing up on the streets before we uh, before we know it. Yeah, no, looking forward to it. See how that pans out. Always good seeing new bikes coming out, especially in the middle of uh, what we're in right now and seeing how uh, the market takes that up. Well, it makes some sense, too, with uh, everything going on here in the uh, in the European market. Really, they're, they're doing very well. So it makes sense that a European brand would, would update and, and come out with some new stuff because motorcycles are actually up. In fact, in the U.S., motorcycle sales are up. Yeah, yeah, we talked about that a little bit before when we had our interview, and or at least a discussion with uh, with a couple of them um, over the summer. And it appears right now, I, just looking at news articles, that maybe there's a new Tiger 850 that's going to be unveiled uh, next week as well. So we'll have to look into that a little bit more and see how that how that uh, looks and what's really going on there. That's uh, yeah. So you know. Look, come come next week. We'll uh, we'll have a lot of news discussion and and be able to get back on top of the the news. 
uh, of what's coming out next year, kind of get some heads up. I know there's a few a few things happening that we've alluded to as well in previous weeks when we were talking track days. So next week we'll bring all that together and kind of give our predictions of what we expect uh, for new bikes at least uh, coming in the next riding season. Absolutely. Otherwise, hit us up. Tell us what you think is going to happen. We'd be happy to share that uh, on the air here, and we can uh, we can have those discussions next week. Let us know uh, what you thought of the track day episodes. Definitely check us out on Facebook at Slacker Moto or Slacker Moto Radio. Either one we're checking. Uh, probably going to combine those just so everybody listening knows, but not that you care. And then, uh, of course, you can check slackermoto.com and, uh, and uh, the Instagram. And really anywhere you can find us. Send us a message. We're keeping an eye on it. And uh, we'd love to share your thoughts. But otherwise, appreciate everybody hanging on with us. Uh, stay warm in this winter season. And uh, go ahead and still enjoy those two wheels. Yeah, don't steal a new set of two wheels. Just enjoy the ones that you have. And until next time, ride on. Mm-hmm.